재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Time again now for our weekly blank slate on microcosms of Korean culture. We call it Planet Korea, and for this particular month, the first month of 2016, we're doing kind of a unified theme. New Year, New You. We started January last week with a piece on healthy weight loss and management. You can listen to that via podcast by going to our website uh, or searching Koreascape in the podcast application of choice, including iTunes. Today, we're taking the New Year, New You theme into a very literal direction. For that, we've dispatched our team member GP1 out to one of the world's most famous plastic surgery enclaves to document the consultation process. 이번 역은 신사, 신사역입니다. 내실문은 오른쪽입니다. This stop is 신사, 신사. The doors are on your right. Okay, just arrived in Shinsa, walking out of this station that's filled with plastic surgery ads. Walking over to this uh, clinic. Oh, whoa. Wow, that's, that's the building. It's like a skyscraper. I have to tilt my neck up to look at this place. It's enormous. It's easily one of the tallest towers here. And it's very attractive from the outside. I'm wondering exactly how much plastic surgery goes on in this building to warrant a structure of this size. And this is just one of the many plastic surgery clinics here in uh, Gangnam. We're gonna go there and see, I guess, how we can improve on my face. I wish I was special. Immediately upon entering the building, I was greeted by two receptionists wearing clean white uniforms that gave off something of a dentist meets flight attendant aesthetic. The only other thing in the white and beige toned lobby that prevented it from being outright sterile was a gigantic Christmas tree, a reminder that it was peak season for plastic surgery tourism. After checking in, two PR staff members escorted my team member Jamie and I to the 15th floor where we started the first steps towards getting a new face. So we're up on the 15th floor now. This is the lounge, and you can see essentially all of Gangnam. I can see the river. It is really nice up here. It actually just feels like a rooftop cafe. There's a, there's a price for, uh, for females for this, for Botox. It's, I'm sure that's in Shimanan, right? Wow, dude. There's all the business cards of all 30-something surgeons here. So inside this waiting room lounge area, they just noticed on the wall there's a magnetic, looks like a map of the world, kind of. It's got Polaroid pictures of all these girls who've had surgery done here, and there's little messages in different languages. So one says, uh, now I can smile. The other says, my nose is so natural. One says, greetings from Australia. We'll be back in the spring. One says, do you like my eyes? And it's literally every single continent is represented. It does make me feel like what they've got done here um, has really had a positive impact on their lives. All right, filling out a form, it's in English. The first step to getting a new face is filling out forms. Which part do you want to consult? Long face, mandible, proganthism, malocclusion, protruding mouth, symmetry, face, bone, mandible angle, V-line, face, line, face fullness, and volume, mini V-line, double chin, sagging skin, others, revision. So this is number the number two question. What's your motivation for surgery? How long, number three, how long have you been troubled by your appearance? Am I more beautiful yet? Not yet. Not yet? 
While I waited my turn for the pre-consultation facial x-rays, I got a chance to speak with the clinic's international coordinator and pick her brain on the typical demographic that chooses to undergo plastic surgery. My name is Hedy Park, and I'm in charge of marketing for international patients. We get a wide range of patients, but most of our patients will tend to be in their 20s or 30s. But nowadays, there is a high demand for middle-aged women, often after having a baby, who desire a mommy makeover, which will usually include anti-aging procedures along with the breast augmentation and body contouring surgeries. I obviously didn't fit the typical demographic, so I asked her about the growing trend of plastic surgery amongst males. If we think back to like 10 years ago, the percentage of male patients was probably about less than 10%. We feel this is because even like just 10 years ago, gender equality in Asian countries, um, specifically Korea, was near inexistent. Uh, men were the money makers, whereas women were more discriminated and judged based on their appearance. But nowadays, um, as the social position of me- uh, women has become higher, like men are required to focus on self-development by enhancing their appearance. The increase of the interest and demand uh, of male plastic surgery become higher, I think. And since I'm also an expat, I was curious about what's popular amongst foreigners who elect to have facial alterations. Depending on their like cultures, every country has their own standout of beauty. But um, nowadays, you know, like K-drama and K-pop is on the rise. Everyone's thinking about the Korean standout beauty as well. Yeah, which is, you know, like large eyes and slimmer nose and small and defined facial contour. So um, nowadays I have many inquiries asking for, you know, I really want to have small face, you know, defined jawline, like Korean, you know, K-pop stars. Then we moved to the 14th floor where I was to get my facial x-rays. While I waited, I felt something that I never would have anticipated. So we're on the 14th floor now awaiting my checkup. And even though I know that I'm I'm doing this as like a professional thing, my heart is actually like, it's beating. This is, I don't know if I'm excited or I'm nervous, but there is an air of anticipation, anxiety, anxiousness. So I'm really curious as to see where, where and how this goes. Now we're being called in for our checkup. Hold this one, hold this one. This is the x-ray machine? Yes. Okay. Getting my face x-ray done now. Please move back. Looking in, bite here. Okay. Bite. There is literally a laser crosshair on my face. And somebody's pinching the side of my face. That was like going through a security checkpoint for just my head. After my x-rays, I was escorted into a consultation office where I met with a surgeon who I assumed would be responsible for crafting my new look. The first thing I wanted to know, what was the ideal face to him? I'm Dr. Chong. My name is Singyan, and I'm the director of ID Hospital, and I'm uh, specialized in facial bone controlling surgery. You know, there's no absolute a standard of beauty, right? Uh, if, if you think there's one beauty standard for all of Korea, you're crazy, right? Uh, there are 50 million people in South Korea. That means there are 50 million different options, right? However, there's a trend. 
These days, big bright eyes, a slim nose, small and slender face are thought to be beautiful. So you said now um, larger eyes and a slimmer nose. Uh, what was the trend in 2002 when you first started? Uh, okay. When I started to do the plastic surgery, there's no concept of a small face or V-line. But these days, with the development of surgical technique, now V-line-shaped uh, facial features are getting popular. The V-line surgery was developed in 2008. It's been about seven years, right? Yeah. Before that, there's no concept of V-line. From there, we proceeded to the very reason I had come to the clinic that day, to receive my very own personal plastic surgery consultation. Uh, we're looking at an x-ray of my head. Mm -hmm. So it starts with uh, your skull. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is your facial bone shape. That's, a, that's 3D. That is computer yeah. graphics. There, yeah. There's a slight asymmetry in your cheekbone. The left side is more, the left side is bigger than the right side. And the lateral protrusion is more severe on the right side. And there's also a symmetry mandible. The left side is longer than the right side. And, and you can see that just, just by looking. <laughs> you can see all these things. Yeah, sure, sure. This is why you're the surgeon. Yeah, yes. And your chin is slightly long compared with that of a normal person. Okay. Wow. But, you know, the, the occlusion is quite normal. And yeah, quite good. Now, now that you've mentioned these things about like uh, the, the lack of symmetry, I, I can never unnotice them, doctor. I'm yeah. always going to look at me and be like, oh, that side's a little bit longer now. Yeah. Now I know. Yeah, you want to notice that you have asymmetry in your, uh, your mandible or cheekbone, right? But I, I'm a specialist, so I can notice. I think your facial uh, contour is quite good, so you don't need to get facial bone surgery. Instead, uh, at the first sight, I was impressed. You are nosative to bulbous and very flared, right? So if you want to get plastic surgery, I, I do strongly recommend rhinoplasty. Yeah, I, yeah I, that's I was, enough. Uh, I was thinking before I, we, we came <laughs> in here, if I had to guess what kind of uh, surgery would be recommended, I think it would be the, the nose because yeah. I have um, many Southeast Asians have this button kind of nose where it sure. flares out, right? Uh, so you would recommend a, a rhinoplasty for yeah. me. I, I don't know what that would look like. I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> right. Okay, uh, we can show you some examples uh, uh, through the uh, virtual, I mean, the simulation surgery. Okay. I can show you. I would love to see that. So it seemed like a nose job was the only improvement Dr. Jung would have recommended for me. I wasn't quite feeling compelled to undergo any sort of voluntary invasive surgery, but I asked him what would compel others to get work done. Yeah, you know, we live in a very competitive and stressful society. In order to strengthen our comparative power, we are forced to have a good appearance as well as good education. People invest in surgery, hoping that it will help them improve their careers as well as their social lives, I think. I think more than 8 to 90% of the patients are, are doing uh, plastic surgery for aesthetic purpose. I mean, aesthetic is the main point, but not always. Sometimes uh, the patients come to our clinic to correct their asymmetry or correct their uh, functional uh, problems like TNJ. I was beginning to sense that Dr. Jung had been a bit too well prepared for all my questions, so I decided to shift gears by asking him something a bit on the personal side. What he told me was perhaps the most convincing argument for plastic surgery that I'd ever heard. I have some questions for you personally. Um... I hope you'll be willing to entertain me. I would like to know why you decided to pursue this career for a living. When I was uh, training in University Hospital, 
And actually, I decided to be a orthopedic surgeon. But you know, there are lots of orthopedic surgeons in Korea. So uh, I'd like to do a more uh, specific and a unique uh, job as a doctor. So the plastic surgery part is quite uh, complex and very attractive to me, especially at the facial bone. You know, Korea is a very competitive society, right? Women in the workplace are still discriminated on the basis of the way they look, right? So they are seeking for another way to strengthen their ability or strengthen their comparative power. So the plastic surgery can do good for them, right? Through the plastic surgery, they can gain the self-confidence again, and they can go back to the daily life. And that achievement made me happy. There was a tangible sense of pride that emanated from Dr. Jung's words, which would have been enough to convince me that he's good at what he does. But I was actually given the opportunity to experience exactly what he was talking about when I was introduced to one of his former patients. My name is Hayden, and actually I'm from Oakland, California. And so I came here about three years ago and underwent surgery with actually Dr. Jung. And at that time, it must have been maybe around 2012. So originally what I wanted to do was the nose and jaw. And so I didn't really have, so it was nose, eyes, and uh, V-line. And so I didn't really have an interest to do eyes, to be perfectly honest. But then um, when I came in for the consultation, I wanted to change my nose because at the time my nose was, actually I didn't have an Asian nose. I had a very larger nose. I had a very tall, large bump nose, and so I didn't have your typical Asian flat nose that needed where the bridge to be up, so I had the exact opposite. So what I wanted is I wanted a little bit more of an Asian kind of feel for my nose. As for the jawline, I didn't really want to change it so much, but I wanted to correct the symmetry. Dr. Jung had already given me a few examples of why people typically elect to have plastic surgery, so I was eager to find out what Hayden's particular reasons were. You know, I think a lot of patients do it because they want to overcome insecurities or they want to gain confidence. I think for me, I don't think I ever lacked that confidence because of my flaws or because of my looks. Ultimately, what it was is the way I looked didn't portray my personality well because me having a big, long nose, just kind of like you see someone with that witch nose. I don't know. You don't get that sweet image from that kind of look, I think. I think it made me look a lot more maybe rugged or a little bit more rough. And I don't think that that was what my personality was. And so not that I really cared that much, but then it did kind of have an effect on me. So even like with um, when I went back, a lot of people said that I didn't look that different. But when I specifically took pictures, I didn't look kind of like that mean girl anymore. A reflection that matches your self-image is quite rare, whether or not your appearance has undergone any dramatic changes. Hayden's off-the-cuff answers were quite refreshing, so much so that I was curious as to why she was so open to talk about her experience so publicly. Uh, that's actually a really interesting question. You know, I could really answer that right now. So what it is is actually, you know, two years ago, I think I was really embarrassed about it. I never wanted to admit it. I think I, it's just, I even erased all my pictures from me. I erased everything. And I really regret doing that. But at the time, I think for me, it's like, I never actually talked about plastic surgery prior to getting the surgery done. So no one knew. Like, I just came to Korea. Basically, is what it was. I never told anyone. And then I think I felt a little bit embarrassed. And then I didn't really want to admit it. And I, I don't think I was educated well enough about plastic surgery to want to talk about it openly also. Because I think in my circle of friends, not a lot of people even, you know, know about it. I think that's the reason why I really didn't want to tell anyone. But then after the surgery, then after a couple months passed, and maybe after even a year passed, I think I started to really not care. <laughs> like, really. And even so, I think I even felt that I became a lot more grateful. I don't really feel ashamed to tell things or say things. And for this topic specifically, I think that I feel ashamed that I felt ashamed. And so that's why I feel like I should talk about it. 
finally, I asked both Hayden and Dr. Jung what words of wisdom they had for me, as well as all those entertaining the idea of undergoing cosmetic surgery. I guess what I would have wanted to hear, or what I wanted to know at the time was, it's not as bad as you think. I think if there's nothing wrong with ever wanting to improve the way you look, I think. And I think if you want to undergo surgery, I think that's your business. It's your money, it's your time, whatever, it's your business. But I feel like you should never feel like you really need to or you have to. I think if it's going to be your choice, then it's ultimately your choice. But if you feel like, oh, you know, all the girls are so pretty, I want to be like that. I don't think that's it. I think you got something else you need to work on rather than surgery. I don't care if it hurts. Whether or not, this is really something you need. Take time to think about it because the style changes and a phase is passed. So do your research. Uh, find the right doctor in the right hospital you can trust. People who aren't really sure if they want to get it or not. Uh, some patients may feel incredibly pressured by the society and feel that they need to change in order to fit in. Uh, like I mentioned before, styles change and phases pass. So the patients should be able to know and to decide on their own that this is really what they want and what they need. Well, after that lengthy consultation, GP came right back into the office with his asymmetric cheeks and his long chin. Not a single incision was made. I guess we have to respect his decision on that. And that will wrap up Planet Korea and this edition of Koreascape. Make sure to tune in again next Saturday for our third installment of Planet Korea New Year New You. Our show is produced by Christina Saw, GP Wen, who you just heard from, and Jamie Lee are our writers. I'm Kurt Asian. Remember to follow us on Facebook or Twitter at the handle Koreascape, one word. And join us again on Monday. We're going to be trying to wrap our heads around the topic of Korean reunification as our theory of Korea topic. We'll see you then. <laughs>